Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. And today is a very special day. I got a great guest for you today. Her name is Rebecca Kakaba, and she's coming to us from Canada. She's the CEO of and founder of Dealmaker.tech. And Rebecca has been honored as one of Lexpert's top 40 under 40 in the legal field and was recognized as one of North America's most innovative lawyers by the Financial Times. She practiced law on Bay Street for over 10 years and was co-chair of the Toronto Venture Technology and Emerging Growth Companies Group at a global law firm while she worked in Canada's financial district. She's now CEO of Dealmaker, an innovative cloud-based platform built for high-performance capital raising. And Dealmaker puts forward-thinking organizations in control to run streamlined, successful capital raises. So welcome to Game Changers, Rebecca. Thanks, Sergio. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, it's it's so great to be here, especially like we were just talking offline that I'm in Miami, you're up in Canada, and Miami's tech scene and the funding, you know, the capital raising scene is just absolutely blowing up off the charts. And Rebecca's going to be in town um, here pretty soon at the end of when? At the end of September? End of September, a couple of weeks now. All right. So hopefully this episode goes out here pretty soon and people can hear about it and make sure to make an appointment or reach out to you while, <laughs> while you're down here in Miami. Uh, but before we get into all this, one of the things that I love about the show is really kind of gleaning the insights about my guests and their journey, kind of how they got to where they are, what were some of the great lessons, maybe some of the best quotes that they live by, things of that nature. Give, it, give me a little background about who Rebecca is and, and how you got to this point. Yeah, so it was a long journey. Thanks, Sergio. You know, I was practicing law on Bay Street for over 10 years, taking companies public, um, doing acquisitions, and of course, a lot of uh, funding rounds. And uh, my co-founder, Matt, was practicing in a similar capacity on Wall Street. And what we saw on both sides of the border, in conjunction with the Jobs Act coming out, was that um, there was a lot of paper chasing happening and uh, founders paying their law firms to do work that wasn't really that high value and was costing companies and entrepreneurs more than it should have been. And so we decided it was an area, you know, with the Jobs Act and Regulation A plus coming out that was ripe for technology. And so we set about to build that technology. And so, you know, a lot of things happen along the way as, as there is with any founder story. Um, but that was the, um, the genesis of it. All right. So, and, and before we get there, let, let's take it back before you were on Bay Street. You know, what, how was your childhood growing up? And, and, uh, you know, where did you go to school? What did you study? Give, give me a little bit of background on, on who Rebecca is. Uh, I guess, you know, <laughs> I, I was always trying to start some kind of side hustle along the way. So it's not surprising that Dealmaker came to fruition. But um, no, I, I had a great education, went to an all girls school in Toronto. Um, what were some of those side hustles that you had? Uh, I was, you know, selling stickers in the playground, selling <laughs> dolls go. in the schoolyard at one point. Took my shot at a ski career along the way. Really? Um, 
Yeah. So, right. you know, the, uh, whatever I thought that there was an opportunity in, I was pursuing that pretty hard. Do you think, do you think that was something that you were taught or you kind of emulated from somebody or did you always just have that bug of being an entrepreneur, you know, finding ways to creative ways to make money? I think it's a little of both. I think like my parents, you know, are, are hardworking Ukrainian immigrants. So definitely saw a lot of mm. that behavior in my house growing up. But um, I also think there's just something innate that causes some people to really want to hustle uh, no matter where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, seeing seeing a potential problem and finding a solution for it, it's always exciting, even you know, at, at a young age. Um, I have a, a daughter and a, and a son and we were talking about, you have two young daughters and, you know, kind of how we raise them, you know, they're watching us, right? They're watching everything that we do and, and just the little things that we say and how we approach problems is huge on, on kids, right? So your parents had a really big impact on, on you growing up and kind of your trajectory. Yeah, I think so. And I look at, you know, my oldest daughter now just turned seven and she's, you know, writing a book or she's got this little project going and she's, you know, trying to do things around the house so that she can make money. So I guess that that probably comes from somewhere of, you know, me working out yeah. during COVID and she sees how hard I work um, and trying to get her own little hustles going. Inspiring confidence in people is, is really, really important. And that's something that you appear to have had for, you know, for a while and you're, you're instilling in in your daughters as well, because confidence can take you to a lot of places. It helps you take risk in, you know, some people don't want to take a risk. They feel like they're going to fall on their face or they're going to be made fun of or something. It doesn't work. So they play it safe, but you play it safe in life all the time. You're never going to get to the big wins. That's absolutely true. I 100% I agree with that. I think that's a big thing that differentiates people who enjoy being an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur. Um, versus people who are entrepreneurs or who just don't like the rush as much. Because at the end of the day, you know, my co-founder and I are always, we run the business the same way. You take 10 shots, nine might fail, one comes in, you got that one and you grab that one and then you keep going and you keep making, making it rain based off the successes that you have. So to me, you know, a lot of people will look at the successes that we've had and think that's so great or how that easy that was, but they really don't see the nine failures or the nine Correct. shots we take that don't work out. They yeah. just see the one that came through. And, you know, that's okay because it's it's a certain type of person, I think, that is willing to go knock on 10 doors and fail nine times. Yeah. And I think that's that's a key attribute of entrepreneurs is that they love the process, right? It's not so much about the win. The win will come eventually. You you, you know, you knock on enough doors, eventually you're gonna get you're gonna get one open for you. But that process of persistence where a lot of other people may just kind of quit and say, Okay, forget it, this is too hard. You never know how close you are to your victory. That's the problem, right? You, you know, you feel like you're pushing, you're pushing, I'm like not getting anywhere, but you could be that close. And if you pull back now, you'll never know. Right. Yeah. And a lot of time people will ask me about that. And when's that victory coming in for me? Like, I don't like to focus on that. I really enjoy the process when my co-founder and I were starting this business, you know, cannabis was becoming a really hot thing. And we were 
at certain times on the journey, on the tech journey saying like, are we idiots? Why did we not go into cannabis? It looks like there's so much easy money being made there. Yeah. <laughs> we picked this hard thing to do, right? Automate private placement, securities law exemptions and financings. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what we were passionate about. And that's really the world we wanted to change the way the capital markets function. So that was the project that we could take on. And we knew we would put in, you know, the 70, 80 hour work weeks it takes because we really wanted to disrupt that landscape. Right. Was there somebody, uh, you know, growing up even today that that you aspire to be like that somebody that, you know, kind of gave you that drive and 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 persistence in your life? Was there somebody in that in that realm? Yeah, I think I had a lot of good role models. To me, that continues to be how I live my life. I look around, I look at the values I see in other people. It doesn't really matter what they're doing, but I always look around and I see a value in someone that I could as aspire to have better than I do now. So, um, you know, my dad was always an entrepreneur. He practiced law and he started um, some various businesses and he always had a lot of passion for them. He really, you could tell he really enjoyed doing them. Um, and, you know, my husband is a great businessman as well with a lot of passion with what he does. A uh, lot of people in my immediate surroundings that I can look at and draw inspiration from. Your, your group is around 40, 45 individuals already. You, know, you got a nice sized team. Are there characteristics or attributes that you look at? You know, what's the first thing that you look for? Is it is it good fit? Is it values? Is it um, you know skills, abilities? What's a, what's that thing that you look for first? That we have a good a core set of values that we look for people that match. Um, the number one thing we say is that causes someone to succeed at DealMaker is someone who's a self starter. So we're big on self learning constant, you know, learning and becoming who you are is a constant evolution. And so we're looking for people who aren't afraid of that challenge. You know, we say in our job postings, this is not like a come punch the clock, punch in, punch out job. This is for people who want to continue to self-improve and get better. And as we all do that as a group, we'll continue to push the innovation of the capital markets forward. So uh, self-starters, people who see a problem and they don't report their problem, they come up with a solution to fix the problem. Everyone here is the boss of their own job. They know how to do their job better than anyone else in the company because that's what they do all day, every day. And so they should focus on doing it the best way they can, coming up with the best way for their job to be done. At the end of the day, we all want to automate ourselves out of a job and we have the confidence to know that we're going to continue to grow and there'll be a new job for us. But DealMaker is a place because we're growing so fast where the job you do today is not going to be the job you do three months from now. If you're successful, you're going to automate something and then you're going to move on and your job will always look a little bit different. And so um, one of our values is is embracing a constant state of change. You have to be the type of person who's an entrepreneur themselves who likes to be doing something different three months from now and that's a reality that exists not only in the tech scene where it has traditionally been but now across a number of industries because technology is moving at such a rapid pace that it, you know what they're teaching in college may be outdated by the time you start you know and and things move so fast so that agility and and faith that you know you can carry on be you know past that title that you have in that job it's not holding on to it but improving it and 
moving on, finding the next problem, right? Um, so like you said, being a problem solver is really, really important uh, just in your approach to, to life, right? To, you know, and having the, the courage to say, I can, I can figure this out, even though I may not know it yet, I, I have the confidence to figure it out. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it probably goes to something you talk to people about in executive coaching all the time, right? Because like problem solving is a specific skill set. You, you realize at a certain point in your career, hey, any problem that gets thrown at me, it doesn't really fluster me anymore. I always, me anymore, because I know my formula for getting through a problem and for dealing with it. And so that in and of itself, once you have that, bring on bigger and bigger problems. I'm just applying the same formula to them. And that's just, it's also a matter of perspective, right? Because you can always compare yourself. Okay. Is this as big of a deal as, you know, as I'm, I'm making it or as other people will make it. And it might be a big deal, but it's your perspective on it that really makes it, you know, uncontrollable or manageable. Yeah, absolutely. And and for sure, I can have that perspective now because of some of the problems that we've gone through in getting to where we are, you know, dwar feel like they dwarf any kind of problem that it comes out. Yeah. Of, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Especially in that space where, you know, digital and legal and, and raising capital has got to be incredibly technical and complicated and <laughs> just with the laws and everything else. So let's get into that a bit. So how did how did you get into fundraising, you know, capital raising to begin with? Uh, were you doing it as an attorney? How did that happen? Yeah, so I, I took a process that I was doing as an attorney that was very paper based and very manual and cumbersome and based in Excel. And we started thinking creatively. One of the phrases we constantly use at Dealmaker is is don't make a faster horse, build the car. So we always look <laughs> at the problem, look at what our customers are saying they need solved. And then make sure that we're not taking um, a solution from the customers, which is common in tech, right? If you, if you don't really listen to what their problem is, you might just build the solution they ask for. And that's where systems start to go awry. We have to peel back the onion, listen to the pain point, listen to the emotions that they're feeling, and then ideate based on that and say, well, how do we give them a car that solves that problem, yeah. not a faster horse? Yeah, exactly. That, and that that's a really, really interesting point because a lot of us will just jump to, okay, what is it that you want? Okay, let me build it for you versus like you said, how can I make this better? And that takes some very creative, very out of the box thinking, which usually you're confronted with a thousand problems as to why that wouldn't work. And everybody else telling you, no, that's not going to work. We tried that. No, no, no. Here's, here's why. How do you yeah. get past that, you know, that noise and the clutter? A good formula, I think it, it was ingrained in us since day one to do it. Um, so that's a big part of it. But um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of distractions along the way. The other thing you have to be laser focused on is how do we do it for this customer well enough that we can make money and make it beneficial for all the customers we have. You layer on top of that the fact that we're a cross-border international platform and now we're dealing with creating things in formulaic ways that we can sell in different jurisdictions. You know, we love that challenge, like bring it on, but we've, <laughs> we've created that level of complexity for ourselves. And now how do we make it simple enough that our users can understand it and use it? Right, because that creates a high barrier to entry but you want to make the interface very easy to use and user friendly for for the for the actual users. Yeah, because at the end of the day, 
who, you know, the CEOs and the CFOs of these companies are the ones that are spending time in our tool, monitoring yeah. their capital raise. And we want to give them all the best um, Shopify type functionality so they can set up their online store and sell their securities. But we have to, it's a very complex space. We have to do it and deliver it on a dashboard in such a way that they can understand the tools and actually use them. That's interesting. So, so walk me through a bit about kind of what that experience is like. And uh, for those of you guys want to check it out, it's dealmaker.tech. Walk me through a bit of the platform and what can people expect and who's the ideal uh, target person for, for this? So anybody who's launching a capital raise, DealMaker is a very flexible backend. I call it Shopify for the capital markets that you can use to run your capital raise. And as we all know, time kills all deals. So if you get an investor mm -hmm. who says yes, and then you've got to send them a long 30-page document they don't understand, um, and then they've got to clear all kinds of other compliance checks, and then you've got to get them to wire their money, you're creating friction in a process that in 2021 doesn't need friction because dealmakers here. So you send them, they say yes, or you put in your investor deck, a lot of people setting up online websites now for retail capital raising where they're bringing in thousands of investors, their customer base is now their investor base. And we've gotten so efficient at this that you can actually, you, everyone out there can use their customer list to raise capital from them. So any kind of company that needs to raise capital Dealmaker is uh, the backend tool that you can use to do it. Our sales colleagues know a ton about this stuff. They can help point you in the right direction of what kind of raise might be right for you. Then you work with your attorney, you draft the right paperwork, you load it up on Dealmaker, and you get your links and you're ready to send them out and start closing on some money. Wow. And is there is there a minimum amount that you, you need to raise in order to use a tool? No. Absolutely not. You can set it up for all kinds of deals. We have DealMaker Basic, we have DealMaker Plus, we have DealMaker for fund formation. So any kind of deal that you're doing, it's a flexible tool. Um, it's there to help you. So if I wanted to raise money for Game Changers, for example, yeah. I could do it there and get a number of investors? Yeah, you could. We'll talk to you about what kind of exemption you're going to use, and maybe you're going to do a retail round. You've got a lot of followers of Game Changers who'd love to be an owner in the brand. And so um, you're going to maybe do a reggae where you file a document with the SEC so you can raise money from both accredited and non accredited. You can meet a lot of the distribution partners in the Dealmaker Network who can help promote that Game Changer raise. And really, you know, maybe some of them will help you with Facebook ads and some of them will help you with um, newsletters through the hustle or morning brew or all different kinds of way to advertise that deal to get wow. you raising some capital. That is fantastic. And and especially down here, there's such a vibrant scene. Uh, we know that you'll be down here and at the end of the month, you already, you know, I think the, the night before you, you texted a few people, you'll be here and you got four meetings. And so <laughs> yeah. you're definitely coming to the right, you know, the right place for this. Um, you know, what well, do you, you know, you mentioned the mayor of Miami and his tweets and we got to get him tweeting about dealmaker and get all his tech companies funded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we'll have to try to set that one up, you know, <laughs> and go meet him and, and his staff. So, um, what do you see, you know, what's the future of DealMaker? You guys have been, you know, open for several years. You've, you've had funding rounds yourself. What, what's the ultimate goal? Yeah. So DealMaker has taken off fabulously. We've been in market for three years, 5X last year growth. We're going to do another 
uh, multiple like that this year. A lot of people really excited about the opportunity to just close more capital faster. Ultimately, DealMaker is going to be the rails through which all deals travel. And we're going to streamline this process and just make the capital markets run smoother and more efficiently so more entrepreneurs can get funded. And so on here, let's say I was an investor and I and I choose to invest, let's say, in your company, somebody's company that you know has put it out there. I can do so just directly on the site and... You, we don't provide, we're not like an Amazon model where investors are coming to shop deals. We have distribution partners that might help advertise and drive investor eyeballs to your deal, or maybe you have your own mailing list. So much more cost effective than paying someone broker dealer fees where mm -hmm. they're driving investor eyeballs for you. There's a lot of more efficient ways to raise mm. capital in 2021 that uh, a lot of our partners are specializing in. Now, here, here's a question. Can people use cryptocurrency to invest in companies on your platform? Is that possible yet? <laughs> they can, yeah. We have a beta product, so wow. depends on um, how big the deal is. That, that's been a tricky one, I'll tell you, like getting the, the crypto money in and settling into USD and then the documents matching the payments. Uh, very tricky process, but uh, we, have, we have something in the beta uh, launch stages now. You guys have a bright future ahead of you. So Rebecca, um, so dealmaker.tech, CEO and founder, find, where else can they find you? They can email info at dealmaker.tech, hit me up on LinkedIn, um, and we'll uh, quarterback something to chat. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been fantastic. Good luck with Dealmaker and all your future endeavors, Rebecca. Thanks, Sergio. Looking forward to meeting up. All right. Take care, guys. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.